welcome to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We all know how important it is to exercise. Grocery store magazine covers and TV advertisements provide constant reminders of a dedicated fitness routine. But by now, many of us are starting to question whether we're going to be able to keep our resolution to make our gym membership pay off. Today, we'll get some motivation from dedicated fitness enthusiasts and some tools for getting on your feet when you really feel like watching TikTok videos. We're back after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. A bill to renew funding for Montana's Missing and Murdered Indigenous Persons Task Force recently passed through the Appropriations Committee in the state legislature. The task force was created in 2019, but was set to expire in June. Montana Public Radio's Ellis Julen reports. According to research from the U.S. Department of Justice, Montana is the fifth highest state in the country for total missing and murdered Indigenous women. And despite only being 7% of the total population in the state, 26% of missing persons cases are Indigenous people. Representative Tyson Running Wolf, a member of the Blackfeet Nation, is the bill's sponsor. Addressing the committee, Running Wolf said the work of the MMIP task force is ongoing and crucial for addressing this issue in Montana. I'm not realizing it until I'm standing up here now that this is what it means to be fighting for our women and children and our loved and missing people. The task force was set to expire this year, but the bill would fund it through the biennium. This bill also includes funding for one full-time employee to help facilitate the work of the task force and funding for the Looping in Native Communities Grant Program, which supports tribes' efforts to identify, report, and find Native American persons who are missing. For National Native News, I'm Ellis Julin. Opening ceremonies for the Arctic Winter Games got underway in Alberta, Canada Sunday night. The Games have brought more than 2,000 athletes and coaches from seven Arctic nations together to compete in winter sports like cross-country skiing, curling, and hockey, as well as traditional games. Alaska, which represents the United States, sent more than 200 athletes to compete. They range in age from 11 to 19. My team is really great. They're really supportive, and it's really fun to skate with them. Teamwork is a big part of Josephine Leonard's Alaska Native culture, a skater of Yupik and Chupik heritage. She's excited about the chance to compete with other Indigenous athletes. After watching past competitions, she's paying a lot more attention to her technique. How I swing my arms, how low I am, how aerodynamic I am, how I drive my knees, how I cross over around the corner, all that stuff. Leonard is 13 and hopes to bring home an ulu, a metal shaped like a carving knife. They come in gold, silver, and bronze. John Monroe, the coach for the Alaska Speed Skating Team, is not sure they'll bring home any ulus. He says the competition will be tough to beat, partly because the pandemic cut into their training. Also, teams from other countries like Canada get more financial support. But Monroe says there's more involved in the games than just winning. What has been good to see is that their competitive spirit is super high and they, they don't know how good they're going to do, but they're going to have fun. The games are held every other year, but there has not been one in five years due to the pandemic. Alaska is slated to host the next round of games. 
On Tuesday, the Cherokee Nation will unveil plans for an addiction treatment center to be built in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Construction of the $18 million project will start this year. Plans include a main treatment center with separate dorms for men and women. Tribal leaders will detail more mental health plans under the Public Health and Wellness Fund Act, which will be signed into law during the event. It will provide $73 million to construct facilities across the reservation over the next five years to meet behavioral health service needs and provide $5 million in scholarships to encourage more Cherokee citizens to enter behavioral health fields. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by the American Indian College Fund, providing millions of dollars of scholarships to Native students every year. Applications are accepted through May 31st at collegefund.org or by phone at 800-766-FUND. A historical master trauma class taught by Dr. Ruby Gibson and staff provides tuition-free online training to tribal members who are therapists, counselors, social workers, and traditional healers. Enrollment deadline is March 24, 2023 at freedomlodge.org who support this show. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. A month into the new year is typically the time people start wondering whether they have the motivation to keep up with their resolution to get in better shape. Making time to the gym, go to the gym gets harder when you have a deadline at work or you have to drive your kids to basketball practice. Or you might have discovered you're self-conscious about working out in front of others. Today on our show, we'll speak with some dedicated Native gym goers who will share their personal fitness stories. But we also want to hear from you. Whether you're a hardcore gym rat or a weekend warrior, we'd like to hear your take on the importance of physical fitness. What keeps you motivated to hit the gym? What are some challenges that keep you from working out as often as you might like? Join the conversation by calling 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. You can also post a comment on our social media. Our Twitter handle is 1-800-99-NATIVE. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. Tag us with your best gym photo. We'd love to see that. We have three guests on our show today. Joining us from Kennewick, Washington is O.J. Fyander. He's the founder of Native Fitness and an enrolled member of the Grand Ronde Tribe. O.J., welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Joining us from Plymouth, Michigan is Ray Founier. He's a power lifter, an elder, and a member of the Oneida Indian Nation. Ray, welcome to the show as well. Thank you. Glad to be here. And joining us in our Albuquerque studio is Lauren Anthony. He is a community warrior, and he is Dene. Lauren, you've been a guest on NAC before. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
Lauren, please kick us off today by sharing a little bit of your personal fitness story. What got you started working out? Is it a passion you've always had or, or one you developed later in life? My passion for fitness just kind of came in with the need to get better. I uh, felt like I was uh, holding back on a lot of my potential, you know, due to drugs and alcohol. And my previous life, I um, was was touring and playing heavy metal all across North America. And, you know, nobody told me no. Everything was always yes. And that included uh, the whole, you know, rock and roll lifestyle. But um, eventually that, that switched gears when I got into film. But prior between that transition of getting sober, I knew that getting back in shape was one of the things I needed to do. And hauling wood for my elders was one of the things that helped me uh, get, back, get back in focus because I needed to pretty much punish my body to the point where like I wasn't going to go party with my friends. And doing that, that helped me uh, get reconnected with the gym, uh, finding my spirituality in the gym, as weird as, as, weird as that sounds. Um, but, um, that's where I reconnected with a lot of myself. And so for the past 13 years of my sobriety, it's been uh, a crazy journey. Uh, even, even today, like you, you may see pictures of me with my, my quads sticking out and all these different things <laughs> happening, but I have a lot of bad days and, um, it's, it's hard to keep up with those bad days. So I, I'd really appreciate this opportunity to talk about goals at this time of year, because it's uh, a struggle, even for the people that think like people like myself, who are on it all the time. I mean, I, I got a a strict diet, you know, planning for my next film thing, but it's still it's still a battle. It's still a struggle. I still have a lot of mental um, battles, but they get easier. It, 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 you get stronger with it, but it's um it's good to know that people like myself do have a hard time, um, and I'm really glad that um, we're able to talk about this with other people and hear about powerlifting because that, that was where I came from too. Um, that was one of my big savior stuff of, of uh, mm -hmm. making this journey was getting into powerlifting because a lot of people don't know, especially our native women, they got a, like, a Terminator skeleton underneath all that. And they're, they're, <laughs> they, and, and that's why our, our women are so strong. And, and that leads into our men too, is like native, native people are just strong physically um, we can endure so much, and I, I really find that really uh, amazing. Cause like me competing and going through stuff, I'm like, I'm at a low body weight now, but I, I can keep up with people that are a hundred pounds more than me, and I I attribute that to our ancestral ways and ancestral our bodies just being able to do that kind of work. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's a little bit of me there. Alrighty. Well, any Native women who are listening now, you heard it. Lauren has said you've got a Terminator skeleton there underneath. So uh, hopefully we'll learn more about what it takes to bring that out. And Lauren, quite a, quite a story there, going from heavy metal musician to fitness guru. OJ, how about you? What started you on your fitness journey? I, was, uh, I started in college. I was a Division One athlete in the pole vault. And I had a father-in-law who was selling exercise equipment. He was getting out of the game, and I thought, oh, I can probably do that. And then I started selling equipment. We opened our first club, and then I'm up to about 14 clubs before the year's out. I mean, I just love fitness. I mean, this is kind of something that we've always been in. I love riding my mountain bike. I love getting out in the outdoors. Nothing better than being outside, being able to do what you want and not be out of breath. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what got me into it. I just I did it in college, did it in high school. kind of it's probably what kept me out of trouble, to be honest. So 
you know, all my friends were, were drinking a lot where I grew up. And so I didn't drink because I knew I wanted to be an athlete. And it's what it took to get to the next level. And so fitness has been something with me I've had forever just because of that fact. Another awesome story. Now, Ray, as I understand, you were working out in the gym one day and a stranger just approached you and said, hey, have you ever tried powerlifting? Turns out the guy was a retired powerlifter. It was uh, it was kind of a funny situation in that uh, uh, I didn't know why he was looking at me, but uh, um, I had been a um, – well, first of all, let me explain that. I'm 79 years old, so I'm a lot different, I think, than the other two – uh, people participating in this program, and um, I started uh, powerlifting at 70. So I've been in it for 10 years now. And this is uh, I'm starting my I'll be I'll be 80 soon, and I'll be li- lifting uh, in my decade of the 80s. So um, that's coming up, and I'm expecting some great things out of that. But in any event, yes, I uh, I was in the gym, a community center gym. I had uh, I had been retired at the point at that point and uh all my life well i started out in 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 high school i was playing sports uh track uh football and so forth and uh i went into education i became a teacher and uh my my high, my old high school came and uh, I was I was teaching in another in another school district and uh, my old high school came and said hey look we we have we need a football coach and uh there's a science opening we have to take it from the from the staff so uh and that was the athletic director from the school uh that I had participated in he was my old football coach so um I did I accepted the job and uh, Coached um, almost everything there: football, uh, basketball, track, uh, and I also uh, initiated a weightlifting program while I was there uh, to to get the guys in shape. So uh, that I I was involved with that for a number of years, and then uh, it re- my really took a little different direction because uh, I went into uh, administration and college level teaching. And uh, I, in order to keep up with my physical activity, um, I just, I developed my own home gym. I had my own equipment because uh, time was pretty precious. Um, so in, in any event, uh, I kept uh, up with my activities. I really was a recreational, uh, power, uh, recreational lifter. And that in that, um, in that capacity, uh, I can I, I was able to maintain that throughout the rest of my life until I was in the gym at uh, age 70 uh lifting and uh this uh this this retired powerlifter uh was watching me and uh, we got I got into conversation with him and he said hey uh, you ought to try powerlifting he said he said uh, you would kick ass <laughs> <laughs> according to what he said and uh I said, I said, well, no, I'm not interested. In, I'm not interested in uh, that kind of lifestyle where uh, you're involved with steroids and things of that sort. I, I had no idea what powerlifting was really all about. Uh, and he said, no, it's not that. He said, uh, you, uh, they have drug-free organizations. Uh, you should uh, check it out because I think you do really well. So I, I dismissed it, and but. 
I, a couple of months later, I um, I looked it up on the net, and uh, there happened there happened to be a, a state meet uh, in the neighboring town. So I signed up. I said, "Well, I'll see what it's like." I signed up, and it was a state championship, and. I went to the state championship and won the event. So, as a result of that, uh, being the state championship, uh, uh, I qualified. Uh, well, I qualified for the nationals. So I, uh, I entered the nationals, and uh, I won that. Uh, that qualified <laughs> me for that qualified me for the world championships. And the world okay. championships were the world championships were in South Africa, so I traveled to South Africa and participated in that. I should have won it, but I messed up. Uh, I I made the lift, but uh, with powerlifting, you have to uh, you have to follow the directions of the of of the referee, and uh, I kind of messed up on following directions. I guess maybe I was a little bit nervous being the first world championship and uh, <laughs> my first year of lifting, powerlifting. Maybe so. so. Maybe so. Yeah. But I, but I came in second, so I I, I continued on, went to world championship in, in Finland, and the next year didn't do so well there. I was uh, I was really not feeling well because of the travel and whatever, different food, different time, whatever. So I signed up with uh, the AAU. All right, Ray, I'm state. sorry to uh, – please hold that thought. We do have to take a break, but we definitely want to learn more about your power lifting exploit. Starts out as a newcomer, uh, Ray Founier. He wins the state, national, and almost wins the world championship first time out. Wow, what a story. And we've got two other amazing guests. We're going to talk more about fitness when we come back. For the first time, the Tlingit and Haida tribes of Alaska have trust land of their own. The city lot in Juneau is only the second parcel of land to be put into trust ever in the country's largest state. But it's a bold move with bigger ramifications, and the state is fighting it. We'll find out more about Alaska trust land on the next Native America Calling. Yate. Yeah, Local Indian Healthcare Provider State Medicaid Office at the current address. The Colobe Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services whether you're a new listener or a longtime follower, thank you for tuning in to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Staying motivated and keeping fit is our topic today. If you have a comment or question for our show, you can call us at 1-800-996-2848. We have Lauren Anthony in our studio right now. And Lauren, listening to our guest, Ray Founier, and these accomplishments in powerlifting, truly inspiring. Tell us more, Lauren, about your approach to fitness. <laughs> Um, my approach to fitness, jeez, <laughs> so it's a vague question. Um, <laughs> I, I think a lot of it has to go back to my grandparents, um, Shanela Hassan, Otto Shanela Hassan, 
That's all my grandparents and my parents uh, because I came from a traditional background um, being Diné. And one of the things was um, really overviewing the the term hajon. And to me, hajon is balance. And with balance, you're looking at all aspects of your life as an individual, as a person. So the individual aspects of balance would be who you are as a being in your mental state, emotional state, um, physical state, and spiritual state. And I like to think of it as a pizza. If you cut that pizza up in four slices, those are your, your pieces that connect you to being a whole person. So if you're missing okay. a piece of your spirituality, you're, you're not whole. If you're okay. missing a piece of physical that you're not whole too. So for me to identify like what keeps me grounded and physically fit and continuing fitness is understanding that balance of maintaining who we are as hajon and keeping that balance. Okay. Ray, um, really love that answer for, for a vague question. This whole idea of balance is great, but I'll tell you, I, I'm not wild about using pizza as a metaphor for, for health and fitness, though, not necessarily Pizza's the, the best best snack, is it? Pizza's good for you. You just got to understand how you're portioning your foods and macro macro nutrients, your diet. Then you can, you can eat whatever you want as long as you understand how that works for your body. Well, tell us more about that, Lauren. I mean, you know, because it's not just the working out, right? You've got to maintain the lifestyle, the eating right, the, the getting enough rest. And how does that all factor into just an overall good routine for, for being fit and healthy. The easy part is the gym. You can go to the gym from 20 minutes to two hours if you want. It, it doesn't really matter. But if you, you can't out-train a bad diet, that's the main thing. You got to understand your diet needs to be good. And, you know, back in the day, you, you think about our ancestors and what they ate. There were a lot of whole foods, natural foods, uh, things that came from the earth and the land, and we knew exactly what the ingredients were. So today's ingredients, you're looking at a lot of things that we have no clue what's in the foods. So going back to the basics and understanding that, and once you figure out like, okay, what are my goals? Do I want to lose weight? Do I want to gain weight? Do I want to get physically fit for uh, triathlon or do powerlifting? There's different diets that will help that in creating a calorie surplus or a calorie deficit that includes your proteins, your fats, and your carbohydrates, and having that in a in a good context that's going to help your your goals. That's the most important thing because a lot of people think you got to starve and eat salads to get you know to a certain body weight. That's that you can, but that's very dangerous, and it's not it's not recommended to do. There's a, a lot better ways that you can do. Like for me. I've lost um, recently 10 pounds in 30 days since the beginning of the of the new year, and that was all just through diets, and I was eating seven to nine meals a day, uh, a lot of food. Uh, you got to eat to lose weight. You got to eat to grow, and that's what people don't understand. They think they need to starve themselves and do a lot of cardio. I don't do any cardio right now. Um, it's just lifting and making sure my diet's on point. Can't out-train a bad diet. Uh, really interesting to consider. OJ, how about you? Now, what I think is interesting about your perspective, OJ, is, is not only are you a fitness enthusiast, but you also make your living in the fitness industry with your businesses. And does that business approach, does that uh, carry over at all into just how you work out on your own? Well, we learn quite a bit just by watching people, right? So in our clubs, we have thousands of members. And we kind of see this flux of who uses, when they use it, and how often they use it. And then you kind of see, well, who's actually coming, who's coming back, and how often are they coming back? Because most people that join clubs, 
if we're being honest, they tend to fall off after the first four weeks. We know that eight is the magic number. If I get someone in a club eight times in the first 30 days, the chances of them staying longer is dramatically more. And there's a few other key factors too, right? So all of a sudden, one thing I learned is, and this is a study that came out by USA Today, it talked about becoming a morning exerciser. So if somebody's really wanting to stick to it, if you're a gambling person, you know that morning exercisers are around 60 to 70% more likely to stick to a program than non-morning exercisers. And it just makes, some of this stuff just makes common sense. But yeah, you're right. So when I, it, it does give me the perspective. So when I look at the way I exercise, I kind of watch what we do, but I've always just been a guy who exercised anyways, because I do so much stuff outside. But it is fun to see what works, what doesn't work, because we have training programs inside our health clubs. We sell the equipment. So I kind of see all sides. But we have to be able to figure out what works because that's how we make our living. So if we're not getting people coming to the club. We have to move fast and say, okay, well, why aren't they coming? What can we do to get them coming more often? And there's all kinds of little tips and tricks along the way that kind of help. So, that, OJ, that's really fascinating. So the people that just get through that initial period, if they're still with you, they're more likely to stay in that gym, stay working out. And morning exercise, people that work out earlier in the day, they tend to be more consistent. So that's definitely a, a good tip for our listeners to consider. And Ray, I, I want to ask you as well, because another thing I think a lot of folks uh, struggle with is just maintaining that balance, uh, especially with regard to, to jobs and family responsibilities. And I understand you work at a casino. So how do you balance your career with working out, Ray? Might have lost Ray there. Sorry about that. Well, OJ, how about you? I mean, you're busy there. You're running these businesses. You got a lot going on. How do you time still find time for yourself to work out and still handle all your other responsibilities? Well, I'm kind of fortunate in the fact that I, I realize there's no one way. So I have access to a health club. We have a retail store. So I have exercise equipment on a retail store. And then I have a home gym. So I have three different places I can make sure I get it in. But I, I think the key is this, and I learned this from one of my trainers a long time ago, and he called it always being in the game, right? So all of a sudden, we tend to start a program, then we stop. Well, if you're always in the game, what I mean by that is I got home late from a basketball game. Now, all of a sudden, maybe I'm just doing, you know, 20 bodyweight squats. So my men mentally, I didn't miss that exercise. Because once we miss, it's easier to miss the next time, the next time, the next time. But if you have the mindset of always being in the game, so no matter what happens, you do something. I don't care if it's doing you know, 50 calf raises really quick, doing a little quick little ab workout, something that's even small, even though it's late. So mentally, you actually can check the box. And that goes a long ways for consistency. In my mind, that's kind of, that's kind of what I do. I kind of have access to multiple areas, but the idea is always be in the game. Okay. And OJ, what about just uh, other types of activity? Because I, I find it, I'm in my 50s now, and sometimes I, I, I run, I do a little bit of weightlifting, things like that. But sometimes I feel like when I just go out in my yard and like cut grass or like work and cut trees and things like that, I sometimes feel like I, that's as good a workout for me as like going to a gym. Oh, I think it absolutely is. I think, I mean, I, I did a remodel on a, on a gym. We just opened a new gym this last Monday and I was painting and I was cleaning and I was jumping in with my boys. And I counted those as my workouts because I'm at the end of the day, I was exceptionally sore. And a lot of times that's kind of what we need. It gives you that, all multifaceted workout where a lot of times we're in one direction where this actually like cutting wood, moving wood, it didn't, it didn't actually brings in so many more muscle groups that you're like, Oh, I didn't know I had that muscle. At least you forgot you had, it, especially when you get over 50. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I noticed the same thing for sure. Like all these core muscles and things like that, they get they get fired up when you do like on ladders and things like that. And Ray, are you back? I'm back. Okay, great. Well, Ray, I know you work at a casino, so tell us a little bit of how you balance your career and your powerlifting and all your fitness activities as well. Well, Sean, I, I don't work at a casino. Uh, I'm retired, so I have the advantage of time. And uh, so I I have uh, I have a, a pretty strict regimen that I follow uh, to keep in shape, and uh, uh, I have an acronym for it. I use uh, the, the power PWR, uh, the preparation and planning. Uh, workout and recovery, and I, and I really emphasize those three areas. The recovery is a very important part of what I do. Um, in fact, it's probably as important as the actually the workout itself. So uh, I do focus on nutrition, hydration. Um, those those are very important. Um, I have a, a pretty strict routine in terms of what I do. I plan well in advance as to what I'm going to be doing. I lift twice a year competitively and uh, once in the spring and once in the fall. So I have about a six month period to really prepare for each of those uh, events. Mm -hmm. And it's worked out pretty well for me. So um, uh, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like for sure. Well, Ray, you mentioned hydration and tell us more because I'm always curious. I mean, how much water should the average person drink every day just to maintain that optimal hydration level? Um, I, I guess the, the really the, the best way to judge that is how much urine you produce. Um, I know that uh, uh, you, you need to drink enough water to produce a certain amount of urine for your or to your particular body size. So um, I, I try to focus on about a gallon a day. A gallon a day. Okay, a gallon a day. And then, you know, also array injuries. And even the most dedicated fitness enthusiast, an injury can just put them out of the game. So how do you prevent them? Well, that's that's where the recovery part comes in, um, The uh, and, and, and actually the hydration. But the, to prevent them, I think you've got to have a routine where you're involved in a, a warm-up uh, process to get your to get your muscles warmed up, and also a cool down process at the end. And then also, um, what I do is I do quite a bit of stretching. I bet half of my work is is stretching and doing other re types of recovery. Um, the uh, types of things that I do, I, I do some self massage. Uh, I do uh, foam rolling. Um, I do uh, deep breathing. Uh, I, I, I think one of the, the biggest things you have to do is you have to control stress, and because stress produces all kinds of hormones that can interfere with your with your development and, and work. Uh, so I, I I do I, I have a regiment like that, and um, that's that's how I uh, keep uh, myself in shape and also to prevent uh, uh, injury. But uh, in in the planning process for when I when I work out, um, what I do is uh, I, uh, I I plan from uh, I have a six month cycle, uh, and that six month cycle I determine where I want to be at the end of six month. I work backwards, 
and I, I find out where I have to be in order to where I need to start at the beginning of that cycle uh, so that I add uh, I, I do five five pound increments in in um, in my development each each week I increase five pounds in in the uh, in what I lift in my maximum lifts so that by the time I get to uh, a an event a, a competition I have uh, I've worked myself up to that point mm-hmm. uh, and I find that using using small increments uh, but again at my age uh, you know recovery is 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 longer it takes longer for for a person my age to recover from uh, injuries and I find these things I found these things out as more by uh, hard knocks and being able to know uh what uh what to do but the uh what uh what i found is that uh it's going gradual um working on a plan uh sticking to the plan keeping uh keeping a uh, a sharp eye on what i do i record all all my lifts and uh i try to keep at a steady pace and I find that that works very well for me in terms of prevent, injury prevention. Okay. So, um, Ray, I'm sorry. That we're going to go ahead and take a call. We have a caller waiting, uh, listening in Albuquerque on KUNM, Clifton. Hello, Clifton. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. This is a perfect timing. I'm a, um older guy. Uh, I will be approaching retirement age, so I'm glad to have uh, uh, older athletes on the call. And my question is, you know, I uh, – was really in bad shape, way overweight, and had limited mobility, and I worked through a lot of those issues and got myself back to where I'm walking about an hour a day where I can ride my bike all over town, and actually got really good and went skiing and had, as I said to several friends, I said hello to ski runs I thought I'd said goodbye to forever, and unfortunately, uh, speaking of slow recovery, my goodness, it's about three weeks later and I'm barely coming back, so I'm looking for that kind of advice on uh, how I can make sure I stay capable of being active. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, a good call there from Clifton. And, and Ray, I, I think you're the person to respond to that. Clifton has questions. He, uh, in his 60s, suffered a little bit of a setback. And what's your advice uh, for people like Clifton, or maybe just some listeners today, some elders who are interested in, in getting started working out, but they're just not really quite sure how to go about it? Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure I'm an expert on that, but uh, what I will say is that you know I really tried to maintain my condition, my conditioning throughout life. I, from the time that I was involved in sports in high school, all the way up through to today, um, I continue to do that. But uh, um, my my advice to anybody that's that's uh, doing it is that uh, um, first of all. Start early. Uh, don't don't wait until you're uh, 70, year, 70 years old like I am to to start getting involved in activity. I think the toughest thing to do is if you're out of shape, you're out of condition, and you have to work back through all of that to get to get back in shape. But my advice is that you got to take it slow and easy. Um, you can't. You can't. I. I'm 79. I can't work out like a 19-year-old and expect to be productive. Um, I tried doing. I tried doing things like that, and I learned the hard way that if uh, if I try to work work out like a 19-year-old, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in trouble. 
so as slow as easy, know your, uh, try to know what your uh, capabilities are and stick within those capabilities and try to improve them gradually. Uh, walking, uh, doing that kind of thing, doing that kind of approach uh, is, is, uh, is a good way to do it. Um, but uh, I can't say that uh, I'm a, a, an expert at that kind of recovery type thing, uh, mm-hmm. having coming coming off from something being being out of shape, uh, out of condition, being overweight or whatever, uh, is is my expertise. But what I've what I've tried to do in my life is to I, I try I'm trying to avoid problems in retirement that my parents had. Uh, my parents had ambitions in retirement, and they uh, they really didn't they really didn't stay in any kind of shape, and consequently, uh, their retirement years were cut really short, and they were now able to do what they wanted to do. So okay. I've, I've I've lived my life trying to avoid that. Righty. So uh, the message here: stick to a plan. Don't wait to get in shape. Know your capabilities. Anyone else with a question or a comment or just like a a good tip for for staying in shape in the new year? 1-800-996-2848. Stay with us. We're going to be right back. This Valentine's Day, you can give all your sweethearts truly unique gifts from SweetgrassTradingCo.com, a Ho-Chunk Inc. company where you can choose from a variety of food, beauty, and wellness items from tribes across Turtle Island. Ho-Chunk Inc. supports this show. Support by Ramona Farms, offering wholesome and delicious foods from our heirloom crops as our contribution to a better diet for the benefit of all people. We are honored to share our centuries-old farming and culinary traditions online at RamonaFarms.com. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Plenty of time to join our conversation about physical fitness and going to the gym. And we'd also like to know about your fitness routine whether it's cardio, strength training, flexibility and agility workouts, or all the above, tell us what you love about your own approach to physical fitness by calling 1-800-996-2848. We've got three guests on the show today. O.J. Finder, who is the owner of a fitness company. We have Ray Founier, who is an elder and a champion power lifter. And also we have Lauren Anthony, who is a community warrior, and a fitness guru as well. If you have a question for any of these folks, give them a call, 1-800-996-2848. And Lauren, I want to ask you, because uh, for many Native folks who who might live in in rural communities, might not be near a gym or some other type of facility where they can work out with weights and other types of equipment, uh, what advice can you offer for somebody like that that lives in a more remote area? Great question. When the uh, before the pandemic had hit, I was uh, in a goal to get back to uh, a 455 squat uh, for my birthday. Um, that was after a head injury I had on a movie set that year, previous year. So, with the pandemic happened and it cut the gyms to shut down, which caused me to go through a depression because because I was counting on all the weights and everything there, the equipment and everything that Jim provided, but I lost track of where I actually started, which was uh, a thing we called the Iron Warrior Fitness, which was in Gallup. We had a, anywhere from 50 to 200 people out on a football field using their own body weight, calisthenics, um, and high-intensity movements uh, to produce this 
awesome group that uh, people were working out together and and doing amazing things. So I went back to that and started utilizing things in my backyard. I was lifting railroad ties, tires, chains, um, a bucket of rocks and turned it into my own kettlebell. So different things that I was using and that caught wind and that's how I landed on Men's, Men's Health Magazine for October that year and then I landed it again in the year after. So I was featured in Men's Health twice and that was because of the of using what you have in rural areas, using your own uh, backyard to to make these movements happen because um it, we're we're like like I was mentioning, we're we're naturally strong. We have these these abilities to u- utilize our bodies in so many different ways. It's just that we're making too many excuses to create this uh, initiative to unleash the potential that our bodies can truly have. And it's an amazing machine that we have, and we got to treat it like a machine and 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 give it the the things that we we need as far as like sunlight water food good foods rest all the, the, the basics and we're, we're ignoring a lot of that for our bodies we're neglecting ourselves we're disrespecting our bodies so much we demand so much respect from a lot of people but we're the last of the line to actually say hey i need to treat myself better i need to do better for myself and i encourage everybody out there to really question that what's holding you back and you, you got to be honest with it. And that's when it really comes down to it because there's so many excuses we can come up with because we can literally go out and just do 100 burpees right where we're standing, right where we're at, pull over, mm-hmm. do, don't do me in your car <laughs> if you're listening. But try try 100 burpees, see where you're at and um, and do it again in two weeks. So it's it's just a matter of tracking progress too and making sure that you're, you're staying in line because having um excuses in your mind or just things that are weighing you down that you really have to do a lot of self-care and that's the biggest thing that people are talking about these days is self-care and there's no bigger self-care than actually investing in who you are as a person investing who you are in your talents in your in your work and also your physical body because that's going to be the vehicle that's going to take you to that next level okay um yeah i'm sorry lorna didn't mean to cut you off there, but I just, uh, you're so inspiring. And I really like this advice about, you know, just, just do it, you know, the burpees or, or you know, the, the workout you describe with the railroad ties and the homemade kettleballs, everything. And then of course these, uh, muscle and, or excuse me, the health men's health magazine, those photos and everything like, and tell us more. I mean, from native people that, that have seen that those magazines, what kind of feedback are you getting? It's been tremendous um from a lot of non-natives because a, a lot of our own people don't cheer us on that's kind of like the the sad truth about things because we talk about you know me being in film we talk about artists supporting artists even when i was working in music that was another thing artists supporting artists and native supporting natives that's to me that's kind of irrelevant um i really wish it was a thing it's not, and I, I really understood that right right off the bat, there's not a whole lot of support from our own that there should be. And uh, I want to encourage all of us to really bring that forward again, because back in the day, we supported one another. We created so many things. We mapped the stars. We built our own cities. We had the biggest cities in the world back then. And if we could do that as a community and support one another, we'd be in so many different levels and encouraging your family and your friends and saying, hey, I want you to live longer. I want you to be with me longer. I want you to build with me. Then you'll you'll be able to understand how short life really is. 
we have a, a long span of people talking about their their work ethic and fitness and stuff. But the thing is, is like the work ethic is making the day count, not counting the days, but making the day count. What are you going to do at this very moment? Because if we don't, we're going to lose out a lot of that. And the support from Men's Health Magazine and them, you know, reaching out and doing that, that was uh, something that's never been done before. Um, I don't know any other Native you know, if people that are in fitness that had made a mainstream magazine like that. I don't either. And, yeah. And, no, and so, really cool. so for myself, it's, it's a, it's a very good uh, recognition, but at the same time, like I really want our people to be inspired by that. Like for me, my goal ultimately in the end is to be a good memory. And that's all we really have. in in the end is like, are we a bad one or a good one? And at that point, what did we leave behind? What kind of legacies are we leaving behind here? Uh, so my time, my energy, whatever I know, I'm going to share it. I'm going to do everything I can to shake the kingdoms that I work in. If it's fitness, if it's film, if it's music, I'm going to try to get as many people of our people in these in these roles, in these positions. So we can shake things up together, but we can't do that if we're not taking care of ourselves. We can't do that if we're not living a sober life, if we're not living a positive life, if because diet is more than just food. It's what you're reading. It's what you're looking at. It's what you're sure. listening to. It's all sure. these things. And these things can really influence you. And people that say they're influencers are not influencers because I don't see them working hard at home, bringing things home. And, you know, I may get some slack for that. Okay. But they, they, that's <laughs> okay. That, that's that's okay. No, that, no, no. I appreciate you coming on the air and speaking your mind. You're being real. You're being really real and you're speaking from the heart. Lauren, and we always appreciate that here on Native America Calling. We do want to take another call. We have David listening on KUNM in Santa Fe, New Mexico. David, you're on the air. Ho, Quilla. Ho. Thank you, John, so much for having this show. This is awesome. You bet. You bet, David. What's on your mind? Are you, are, yeah. Do you like to work out? Uh, yeah, I do like to work out. I'm, I'm a Lakota, Dakota, Nakota tribal member from Fort Peck, and I just entered into the elder category of powwowing. I'm in my 60s now, and I've been a crossfitter for the past 14 years, you know, three days on, one day off. And, you know, I'd really like to give a shout out to the brothers you have on there, you know, Lila Wopila Tonka, for being an inspiration to the young people. And uh, also a special yate to, you know, my buddy, Lauren Anthony there. We both work in the film biz. So yate shikis. And I'd like to see what the what the brothers there think of CrossFit. You know, for me, it's been working, but I would just like to hear their opinions. I'll hang up and listen. David, thank you for, for that call. And let's go back to OJ, because OJ, I think you might offer some unique perspectives being in the fitness business like you are. What's your thought on CrossFit? I think CrossFit has brought a lot to the table. I think what CrossFit has really done well is it brought free weights back to the to what we was missing for, I think, a long time. I have one of my brothers is a firefighter, and he's a strict CrossFitter, and that boy is he is in shape. I will I will say this though, when it gets when when we start getting older and we start having injuries, it does become a little harder for someone to start off cold. But CrossFit overall, I think, offers some really great things, and it gives you a structure to stick to or if you're doing every minute on a minute or whatever the exercise may be crossfit does does provide some pretty quality stuff it's, it's definitely not for the pain of the heart you know if you're just starting out but man you do get results it does work um and a lot of guys like my brother who that's what they do i mean they stick to a regimented crossfit structure 
and they find a lot of results. I mean, they're powerlifting, they're lifting, they're Olympic movements. I think CrossFit does it has its place. I think it's absolutely great. Thank you, OJ. Let's take another call. Michael listening also on KUNM, and Michael's in Tesuki, New Mexico. Michael, you're on the air. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hello. Hello, Michael. We can hear you. Um, I want to direct this question to Ray in regards to stress. Uh, how how does he address our mental stress? You know, he mentioned stress, but he addresses stress. And I was just wondering how he addresses stress. Um, I'm 75 years old. I'm a, a combat vet from Vietnam, and I have injuries from, from, from my body from, from from going up in the jungle mountains, as well as I got my legs, my feet, my legs, my ankle, <laughs> and my shoulders. I'm kind of banged up. But I've always been active. I ran track in high school. I ran a mile in high school. So I went into the military right out of high school. And I I realized at that time in PT training, some of the guys were really out of shape. But I'm, you know, I was, I'm always physical. You know, I'm always doing something. Like so, you know, like, okay. But I'm like, what my about stress? How, how does he uh, handle mental stress? Okay. Michael, thank you for that call. Uh, Michael in Tosuki, New Mexico. And also, Michael, thank you for your service. We all really appreciate it. Ray, uh, that's the question. Uh, tips for lowering stress. Well, I want to thank Michael for his service, too. Um, the, the stress management that I, that I do, uh, I think what helps me the most is deep breathing. Um, I deep breathe morning and evening uh, and try to control uh, my heart rate and uh, uh, try to control my um, oxygen saturation, um, finding that those are the things that really uh, the oxygen saturation and uh, really controlling, trying to control the ATP that is used as energy for the cell uh, through the Krebs cycle to, uh, to work on stress management. But the the important part of the deep breathing part is the, the and when you exhale uh, deep breathe exhale when you exhale uh, it it automatically gets your body to relax and if you can get that your body to relax I I use an oximeter to to to, to check my uh, heart rate and my oxygen saturation I I do that twice a day. Um, that those kinds of things, I think you need that that period of relaxation. You need to to get yourself to a point of relaxation so that the stress goes away. Stress really is one of the biggest uh, uh, detriments to staying in shape because of the hormones that are produced as a result of stress. So uh, you really need to work at that pretty hard. Okay. Um, all right. Well, Ray, thank you for that answer. Uh, keeping those OT levels up uh, with one of those oximeters. I know I have one of those. Fits right on the on my, on my fingertip and get an instant readout on my O2 level. I use that just about every day. Um, OJ, you know, I think one of the the larger issues here on our show today is is really just to foster. Uh, these fitness lifestyles and enthusiasm for being healthy in our native communities. And, and how would you like to see fitness improve uh, throughout native communities there where you work and beyond? Basic studies, right? So USA Today does uh, fittest cities in America, and they use several basic uh, standards to determine that. And you think, oh, they go out and do they 
actually test people. They don't do that. They, they look at things like, well, how close are we to a playground? How close are we to a farmer's market? How many fitness centers do we have in those communities? That's how they determine what cities are the fittest and which aren't. And so when you look at rural Indian country, the challenge we run into is, is the lack or, or no resources at all. I mean, even from kids' playgrounds to wellness centers or fitness centers, we have a lack of. And so I think part of it is when we look at changing the, the wealth or the, not the wealth, the health of Indian country, to me, it feels like we need to start placing these facilities and put a priority on fixing the long-term problem instead of short-term fixes. When you look at money from the CDC being thrown at Indian country, $100 million over the next five years, and you watch where that money goes, it's one-time things, like bringing in someone to teach someone how to cook, bringing in a yoga instructor, all of which are great. But to really fix it, it's going to take us, and it's going to take something that's more long-term, just like exercise, right? So exercise has to happen every day. It has to happen consistency. And those are the type of things that I think we need to see if we're going to make a change in Indian country, in rural Indian country for sure, is the access to some of these things. And I get that you can do it on your own, and you can – you can do different things, and, and I'm a huge proponent of that. When the pandemic hit, we were sending kits out to some tribes and would give them workouts that they are, people can follow at home. The thing is, is people belong to clubs for certain reasons, and when you're there, it's like you get dressed up. You, you're in there, and the, the, the vibe is there, and you end up getting results because you're, you're there. Sometimes on your own, it does become hard, but when you got a community, it does become a lot easier, and I think Indian country is – is at a point right now where it's it's primed and ready for everything that we're talking about, for becoming the best person you can be, for following these things. I mean, hearing him talk about powerlifting at 79, this is inspirational stuff. I mean, this is pretty dang great. So in my opinion, we need to have access to some of these things where we don't. We need to put priorities in some of these areas where we don't. And then we need to actually bring some consistency, not one and dones. we got to be done with that mentality altogether. Some really, really good information on our show today. Love some of these takeaways. Uh, sticking to a plan, can't out-train a bad diet. Uh, just just wonderful, wonderful, fabulous conversation. I want to thank our fitness gurus, O.J. Fyander, Ray Founier, and Lauren Anthony, for taking the time to join us on Native America Calling and to inspire us on our own fitness journeys. Join us again tomorrow as we talk about Alaska tribes and trust land. The federal government just transferred a parcel into trust for the Tlingit and Haida tribes, causing resistance from the state. I'm Sean Spruce. Thank you for listening. As people seek to know diverse cultures, tribal museums and cultural centers grow more popular. So the Institute of American Indian Arts, who support this show, now provides a Master of Fine Arts in Cultural Administration. Focused on social equity and support of cultural community growth, this program combines administrative tools and techniques with socially engaged leadership, blending institutional skills and community outreach programming. Deadline to apply is February 15 at iaia.edu slash mfaca. Uju Nandawaban dan Medicaid Anike Bindagebi Agade Mazanayagan Jaganawain Dag was yan. Odage Kenda Nawa Gwayak Indayan Anishanabe Akwazi Wigamigung. Gaundinagadeg, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services.
Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davis. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.